Siobhan clicks her glass and shakes her head. Word in town is, besides your being a wino, that if you're not already daft, living out here you will be in no time. You'll be nutters, hoarding newspapers and eating seagulls before summer. Oh, really? She laughs. And what do they say about you? Plenty. Siobhan peeks into the dining room. So, do we get the grand tour? I can hardly go back without a full report. They circle through the rooms to the front hall, where the girl bounds ahead up the narrow staircase. At the door of the bedroom, she calls back down. Aha, you're waiting on someone. There's more candles than church up here. After a beat, Lisa shouts up. They're in case of storms. Storms, me arse. She pounds down the stairs. Lavender scented. She winks. It's okay. We've all got our secrets. Yours is safe with me. To Lisa, Siobhan's moods seem as unpredictable as Danny's, shifting one minute to the next, one meeting to the next. During their last encounter, the girl had been surly and withdrawn. After the glass of wine, they don jackets and scarves and take the bottle outside. Siobhan steers her car to the edge of the slope and aims its beams toward the beach, where she's certain they will find the proper type of seaweed for their dining. The slimy lot. Siobhan wrinkles her nose. Like wet feathers. They stoop and search mostly by feel in the shadows, plucking up bits here and there. Passing the bottle between them, their fingers cast comically long shadows from the headlights. Though the bottle is half empty well before the bucket is half filled, Siobhan declares there is enough seaweed. They fall to the sand and lie back to see stars have come out to brighten the sky. Lisa asks after a constellation she doesn't recognize. Ah, right, this isn't your sky, is it? Well, Grump knows all that shite. Grump? Remy. I'm told I couldn't say Grandad when I was little, only Grump, and everyone thought it fit well enough. Anyway, he knows all the stars. Even bought one a few years back. Bought one? Money down the hole. You know, you buy a star and have it named for a loved one. Supposedly it gets printed up on some chart. A complete rip-off. I could fly to the States and back on what he spent just to name a phony star for Graham Maggie. It was three hundred quid or some nonsense. Bleeding anniversary gift. She grunts and points out a string of weak stars. You see that constellation? Those five in a row there kind of drooping. Sort of. It's so small. And a bit dim. Course it's small. That's your phallus minor. Siobhan elbows her howling. Sure size doesn't matter. They throw bits of seaweed at the crabs drawn by the headlights. Siobhan grimaces. They still do it. I know for a fact. Who? Does what? Graham, Maggie, and Grump. They go at it still. Can you believe? She offers the last of the bottle. And why not? That's rather sweet. Sweet? I'd say it's rather disgusting. Siobhan drinks, then squints into the bottom of the empty bottle. He's got hair on his back like a bath mat. I've seen it. Her shudder turns to a shiver as she pulls her arms tight. Jesus, can we not go in? We'll freeze our tits off out here. 
Climbing back to the house, they fall twice, snorting. Inside, the kitchen is too bright, so they turn off the overhead and set to preparing the meal by candlelight. Lisa throws the fish and halved lemons into a pot with the seaweed and lights the gas. Half of a second bottle of wine goes into the concoction. In a moment of clarity, she plucks Siobhan's car keys from the counter and hides them in the egg compartment of the fridge. Siobhan flips through Lisa's CD collection, moaning at the names Lorena McKinnett, Moya Brennan, the Chieftains. Ah, you've got all the Irish dreck, don't you? Aha, here we are. She holds up the jewel cases with Janice Joplin, Aretha Franklin, and Sarah Vaughan. You've these, at least.